0: As, oh, As Time Goes By.
1: That's that one, yeah. That's an Irving Berlin yeah. song, isn't it? I think so.
0: Uh, yeah, you must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A smile is still a <gasps> smile. That's beautiful, or No, a sigh, No, it's a sigh is still a sigh. The fundamental rules apply as time goes by. And when two lovers woo, they still say I love you. On this you can rely. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) All right. So here we are. It's the end of 2022. This is our last episode. This is is normally the Patreon-only episode, but we have decided to let everybody in, and you're going to get a sense of what podcasting looks like when we're not trying very hard to podcast well. (laughs) Um, this is the more personal side of things, right?
2: It's like behind the scene.
0: It's like when we're doing behind the scenes stuff. And, and, and as you might gather that it's, it's usually, it's usually me and John, but today, because it's the end of the year, because we're, we're, we're letting it all hang out. We're, we got Katie. Katie's with us too. What's up? What's up?
2: (laughs) Katie's voice. You'll recognize, uh, on the public feed from all those great promos for the patreon feed that we do which which we're gonna have to update this year yeah i was gonna mention that to katie actually that we should redo them for 2023 all right yeah yeah but you know people do people do mention that to me i like that person's voice well
1: great that's great i paid a lot of money to learn how to use it and now I'm a <laughs> professional
0: producer. <laughs> Wait, did you seriously like pay money in some schooling situation to learn how to modulate your voice?
1: I went to um, Belmont University for musical theater. That was my major.
0: Belmont University. That's a Christian school, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's a Baptist college in Nashville. Or it used to be Holy Baptist. Holy
0: crap, you went
1: there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm only surprised, Katie, because um, in, in the in the last 15 minutes... You revealed a shocking lack of knowledge of evangelical subculture, and and <laughs> and I was like, how could you go to Belmont College and not know know all?
1: I do. When I was at school, because we, you know, you knew
0: it. You, oh yeah, no, yeah, you didn't yeah. know who Jerry Falwell was. You went to Belmont University, and you're like, did Jerry Falwell start a school?
1: Listen, yeah, Liberty
0: I've, University, kid.
1: I've done a lot of drugs since I went to college.
0: <laughs> so all right. That's all very fuzzy.
1: But I do remember when I was in college, my uh, roommates and I would read the Liberty University rules for fun and laugh at them.
0: <laughs> and did you record yourself doing it so as to make sure that your voices were, were, were had no vocal fry?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we did make a musical about it, though, for our senior thesis. No, just kidding. We didn't.
0: <laughs> so just to set the stage here, John and Katie and I, what, what our what our job is to do is to sort of reflect on this year in the world of Humanize Me. And, and I just want to say that I went back and looked at the Humanize Me archives for this year, you know, like the list of all the episodes we did. And it's frightening to me, the what? beginning of the year. What do you mean the start Until, of the year? Yeah. January 11th, we do an episode, Talking to Crazy with Dr. Mark Golston. January 20th, we do another episode. Mm -hmm. March 25th is when we do the next one. There's no February, just nothing. Most of March, nothing. Right. And then we come back again in April 15th. So like, and then May 13th. So like, and then June 3rd, like, like until June, we're, we're basically doing like one episode a month if we're lucky. And by the end of the year, we have, this, we have this smoothly running machine. And John, do you know what the difference is? Do you know what happened in that period of time that made the difference? We were, we were saved. We were saved. We were saved. And I want to tell you, <laughs> we were saved by a little girl from Belmont University. <laughs> Jerry Falwell, he, he wanted to get her at Liberty, but they got her at Belmont. And now we've got her now on the Human Ask Me podcast. Katie, we're so proud to have you. <laughs>
1: wow. Yay. Wow.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, like Katie came in as a producer and all of a sudden we got systems and and, and accountability and energy. Yeah, yeah, and
2: it was a very conscious uh, decision on our part, Bart, wasn't it? We wanted a producer, someone exactly like Katie.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we could talk about that ad infinitum about how much better it's been to have a three person team than a two person team. Um, that's just been a joy for me. Yeah. Um, and, but, but, but I was also looking at the, uh, at the episodes that we're having and, and things like that. And I thought, you know, a number of these episodes we would definitely not have had if Katie wasn't on the squad. Right. Um, there's, there's been a, a little bit of a, a content. Influence. Do you feel that Katie?
1: Yeah. And I've enjoyed it, but I've also, I've enjoyed like hearing the influence through both of your filters. It's been, it's been, it's been very interesting.
0: Say more. Like what, 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 what what have you discovered about us as we've interacted with people like Molly uh, Robbins, um, the the big fat recovery yeah um, episode or or like um,
2: Vanessa oh gosh Vanessa Vanessa the chaos witch a term which I had never heard before <laughs> right um, let's how,
0: you know as you've seen us talk to to so see me talk to those people what, what, or us talk about how we're gonna handle those interviews what what what, do you, what have you picked up
1: I think it's just I I've mostly picked up that like uh, you guys were, we're different people from each other and even though we share a lot of, I think the three of us share a lot of like overarching similarities, but we share different like lenses through which we process things. And, and also I think it has to do with like, we're in three different decades of our existence and that's, Mm. that influences like how we perceive things. And yeah,
2: that's interesting. And
1: I think it's just, it's brought like illumination to different ways of thinking to my mind, especially when it comes to like, I really liked hearing you interact with Vanessa Bart, because you're just a very practical person who is like very based in fact and reason. And I, I've taken like some of the, the, questions that you brought up on that episode. And I have like thought about them as I do my own tarot practice, because I do do a tarot practice to help me process what I'm going through. And I've recently been like, well, what if this only means whatever it means to me? And it has no bearing on like the universe as a whole. And it's just me projecting my experience onto these symbols. And that's still as valuable to me as if it's like pulling from the universe.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. Um, I mean, cause that's the truth. No, I'm, I, 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 <laughs> but, but, you know, it's interesting. I, I just had lunch, um, or coffee really with a young guy who's just transitioned out of the most cal- Calvinistic sort of reformed version of Christianity. Um, after being like a church leader for 10 Fifteen years, really. First, a campus leader when he was in college, and then a part of this this church based ministry that w- works with college students. Anyway, long and the short short of it is, he was talking about his experience at being a small group leader, um, all through this movement, and kind of the sadness that he has about like, what do I do now that I'm I can't fit into that? And you know, we were kind of talking about humanist. Community building. Who's like, is there is there a future for a guy like me? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Here's what we can do. So we're talking about this. But anyway, as he's talking about a small group, all of a sudden it dawns on me. The small group I'm a part of now, the the caravan small group thing that we're experimenting with. I'm almost sixty. I'll be sixty in April. The next couple down is like fifty. The next couple below them are like early forties. The couple below them are early 30s, and the couple below them are like 25, 26 years old. So like, that's my small group. And and he was like, whoa, that's impressive. And he's like, who has that? Who has actual friendships with people in the four decades beneath them? And I felt like that's, that's really unusual for people, isn't it?
1: I think so. You're like, I think we've talked, we talked earlier, Bart, because for our listeners, Bart is a very kind person and i had experienced the death of a friend this year and um when i shared that with bart and john bart immediately called me and we talked about it and it was really nice to have comfort from a person like in in your 50s bart it's nice to have comfort from a person in their 50s who's not trying to tell me that it's about jesus and god that's nice <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but that's, I I think that is a quality of the podcast now too, is that we've got some different generational influences. John's always been, you know, he's, John's not only younger than me, but he's young at heart in many ways. Um, And so much more plugged in than I am into popular culture. Um, And so, yeah, I, I think there's value in that. And I think that, I mean, to get real meta about like what, what would a human, like, what would be the most humanized, humanizing sort of social circle look like? And I have a feeling that intergenerational would be one characteristic of that sort of circle. Yeah, because I just think like you know, if if, if a big part of human of, of of the human experience is anything like like mating or having children or dying or caring for aging parents or any of those mm-hmm. things. Like all of those things are things that feel different depending on what generation you're in. And so like, if you want to really experience it, you got to, if you're going to talk about those things, you can't just talk about them with people who are at the same moment on the timeline as you are. Right. If you want to get some perspective. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's been so helpful to me to always have relationships with college students, you know? Um, And, and, you know, people always say it in this kind of platitudinous way, like they teach, my students teach me so much, you know, and sometimes you're like, really? Cause it seems like you're doing all the talking, but, (laughs) um, but I do feel like if you're open to it, um, they're kind of like, they're on, they're in the street, man, They, 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 they've got the pulse and you don't anymore. Cause you know, I'm just too tired to be in the street, too tired to be out there. No, you know, engaging in things and and stuff, and so I need somebody to go and report back to me. So anyway, I, 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 for whatever I think that's a part of what why it's been really helpful to have you around, Katie. In 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 the in terms of the content, obviously the practical skills that you bring are, are beautiful and helpful, and your your warmth is really um, helpful. But I think like in terms of your perspective. You know, I mean, you're way more woke than either John and I. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, yeah, and her her
0: and I talked about that. I don't mean that. Yeah, I don't mean that in a negative way. I I don't take that
1: negatively. I take that (laughs) as a compliment. I like to be. um, I like to know what's going on and then filter it through my own set of morals and see, like, how do I want to approach this?
2: Yeah, Mm, yeah, and I think it's. I love the fact that you, I mean, I, I think it's nothing but a benefit to our team that you are that way. Sometimes it's not a
0: benefit. Sometimes. Sometimes. It just slows things down, you know, like, <laughs> like cause like you like, love actually, it's a good movie and you just want to move past that. <laughs> In case like, ah, You know, it's, it's a, it's a monument to the patriarchy of the nineties and I, you know, <laughs> it just slows you down. So anyway, that's my reflection on the podcast is that not only did the regularity and the and the and the quality of the content improve, but also I was like there is a different vibe because Katie brings a different she she has a different sensibility. Definitely that has has actually changed the kind of episodes that we have. Yeah. Okay. You any you guys got any meta Meta analysis of humanize me's year in podcasting. I
2: think uh, I think you said it. The the two halves of the year were entirely different from each other because of Katie, and it was yeah. to the benefit of the podcast and our audience. Yeah, I yeah I get a
0: lot of I get a lot of feedback now on the podcast that sort of people are like I like listening to the podcast again. Great, and and I, I think that some people are like I feel like I'm watching something die. <laughs> You know, and so I think that, I think they're just like energized by like, Hey, this is a real podcast again. I, I, I like this podcast and now I can be proud and now I can be proud of it. I can recommend it to somebody and feel like there'll actually be another episode. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you guys have any favorite episodes of the year? Anything that you go Like that was, that was the episode that like did it for me. Mm.
1: Do you know what? I think my favorite episode is actually one of the ones that I listened to, to prep for meeting with you guys. So it was prior to me joining. um, And it was the one, I think, where you talk, I forget who you were talking to, but they talked about like, how do you talk to a person who's who's having suicidal ideation? And then they like, just like, really laid it out. You just like, tell them like, oh, that sucks. That sucks that you're feeling that way. It must be really hard to live with all of that. And I hope you don't kill yourself because I'll miss you, but I can understand if you want to. And, um, that episode really opened my mind up to, um, how to support somebody who is going through something like that. And I think that was an episode from this year, I think.
0: Yeah. I think that was Mark Goldston. I
1: think it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Talking to crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah.
2: He was so good. Yeah, he was good. I think I really liked Sean and Krista. Oh, yeah. The abortion the abortion episode. Yes. A Listener's Abortion Story, um, episode 715. Yeah, it was just uh, a, a human story, a personal story, and it was powerful by itself. But also, I just really liked the way they approached it. Um, it wasn't a depressing episode, and I think that was an accomplishment by itself because it's a very difficult uh, story. Uh, but it 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 took them as guests to be who they were, um, fairly positive p- people with a fairly positive outlook. They had difficult things to say, but it wasn't. It's a hard story. It wasn't a hard episode to listen to, and I think that's all credit to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bart, what, yeah. What was I mean, yours? I, you know. Uh, probably, I mean, it's interesting, like, cause like there's the episodes that I think, like, I think they were, they were good, but they were, re- some of them were really hard for me. Like some of those conversations were like hard for me to manage. Like I, you know, I don't always know how to talk to another person. Like, I thought it was really valuable. And I've, I, I think it was really valuable now to talk about purity culture, but talking to that counselor jenny mcgrath who i liked but like i like we didn't have an easy an easy band, like rapport you know some people you just your your heartbeats sync up and you know you just the conversation flows and and other people you always feel like like there's a silence and then you both start at the same time you're like no no you go first and like i didn't feel like I, I i ever got flowing with her and so i thought like we're talking about the right thing I think this is the right person to be talking about it with. And I don't think I'm getting the best out of her. But like in the end, a lot of people wrote in and said, boy,
2: that was very helpful to me, that conversation. We've learned over time that you don't always have the. Yeah, that's true. The feeling that the audience will by the end of it. Um, Often you're very critical of yourself. And I think afterwards you often um, go like, oh my God, did I even do a good job? Yeah, don't even play it. <laughs> don't episode. even put it up. Um, often we find out that that's not gonna be the way that it um plays. Yeah.
0: And 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 the opposite thing is like I don't know how much feedback we got on um Vanessa um Wiluko, but I loved talking to her. You know, like and so like that was one where I was like, that conversation flowed easily. It was just out of our comfort zone. So it yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's the, it, we've we've done a few episodes that are sort of out of the comfort zone of us or our audience. Like the one where we just did with Josh Kaufman. Yeah. The singer guy. <laughs> a lot of people are like, that was hard for me to listen to, man. <laughs> they, they were like, I was screaming at my phone. Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> you know? um, and so, and yet, you know, it's funny you do kind of end up, this is all like a big family relationship and you go like, just because that wasn't your favorite episode doesn't mean it wasn't good to have that be part of the larger conversation that we're all having with each other right yeah so yeah and you know what i was trying to think about like listener feedback Mm -hmm. and
2: i thought listener feedback was really good this year well you've always loved hearing from people directly and kind of because of your background of sending newsletters and getting emails back and things like that you you are very attuned to direct listener feedback. If you don't get it, you kind of think, well, we're doing the wrong thing. So it was good that all of that came back this year. Yeah. It was good for you, especially. Yeah,
0: I needed it. You're right. Yeah. But people have been, you know, like the interesting thing is that like I'm getting a sense, I'm learning a little bit about the relationship that people have with their podcasts. Uh Uh-huh. 'Cause you know, and like you and I, like like all of us, like I mean, Katie, do you have a relationship with any podcast? As a listener? Like not that you, not one that you're working on, but like as a listener, do you uh, have a do you have a podcast that you have a relationship
2: with? Yes,
1: I have there's this there are two. One's called Las Culturistas and it's with Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, who are two delightful comedians. And Logan, my husband, he calls them my friends in my phone. so that and keep it which they're both like pop culture podcasts yeah
0: like like actually john just had a dream experience for me because my the podcast i've had the longest relationship with is wtf with mark marin that i'm always talking about one Um, of the
2: oldest podcasts
0: too it is it is and like i I wasn't there on the ground floor but like i got in when he did his episode with louis um ck Mm -hmm. Back before Louis C.K. was a controversial figure, right. but it was about his personal relationship with Louis C.K. and you know, and, and I've been with him off and on ever since. And like, it's a relationship. Like sometimes I get tired, I get, I, I can't, I've had enough of him, or sometimes he's in a bad place in his life, and I can't hang. Or then, you know, other times like I feel like I need to support him. Like it's really weird the relationship I have with him. But um, but you realize that that person's like a part of your life that there is real to you know like my parents live in pennsylvania and i talk to them mainly on the phone and i go visit them once in a while like mark maron's in california and i never visit him but i i i i listen to him the same way i listen to my parents i know you know and you just realize like it's a relationship and i this guy i had lunch with today you know the first five minutes of conversation he was like yeah it's kind of weird like i have a relationship with you already Mm -hmm. and we're just meeting for the first time but he's like I, I I definitely have a relationship with you, and I know things about you.
1: How does it feel to have that happen, Bart?
0: You know, I think it feels fine to me because if somebody talks to me in real life and then they talk and they, but they've heard, they've heard me on the podcast forever and then they talk to me in real life, they go like, oh, yeah, that's you. And like, if somebody in my real life thing listens to the podcast, which I'm always shocked when anyone who's an actual friend of mine listens to the podcast, because like, it would be too weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I see enough of you. I don't need to hear you. Um, But some of my friends do listen and they'll be like, yeah, it's kind of comforting. Like, if I miss you, I can turn on the podcast. I'm like, there you are. And it's really you. Like, And it's the same thing you would tell me if we were having coffee. Like you, that you, you, like you might, you might say, oh, I just met this, you know, woman named Amber Scora. And like, there's an episode about this, you and talking to this woman named Amber Scora. And they're just like, so because I'm consistent across those two mediums, like real life and podcast, it's not off. I, I don't feel off put. If I had a real persona, like if I was Stephen Colbert back when he was doing the Colbert rapport, and then you met up with me and like. You know a character, and I'm not that character. That would be weird.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I suspect that's how it is for a lot of people who are who have a who have are putting out some kind of content that that who they portray themselves to be in the content and who they really are is very different.
2: Yeah. Of course, when you mentioned Mark Maron, I thought of my experience the other night at the comedy yeah. store. I think you were about to mention where yeah. I saw Mark Maron. I was sitting right at the side of the stage at the comedy store. And you never know who's going to come out. It was just sort of best of the store. It could have been anybody. But um, who comes out but Mark Maron? And I immediately texted Bart because it was like, I knew he'd be jealous of this experience. He's right in front of me. And he was hilarious. Um, and there was a guy sitting there in the front, very, very front row Mark Maron was doing this whole controversial bit about abortion, and this guy on the front row—he was dressed in a camo hat and a goatee, and looked like he's right out of right out of January sixth. Yeah, he was stone-faced the entire set, uh, and his his. Wife, I even whispered to Randy, "I was like, I don't think this guy is having a good time." with this material and he had this whole sort of sour face the entire time and his wife was even like patting him on the leg like it's gonna be okay (laughs) mark maron finished his set and he was brilliant bart i mean i know i i know you would have loved to see him um and you have to be really careful when you're at the side of the stage at the comedy store you've got to be really careful when you leave to go to the bathroom like you can't get up in the middle of somebody's set so i sort of waited for Mark Maron to be over before I went. And who was up next but Leslie Jones. <gasps> and it was funny because when I came back from the bathroom, apparently she had come out onto the stage and she had looked at the empty seat and seen that there was nobody there. And she asked Randy, um, is your date, did your date go somewhere? where did he go? And she said, uh, he went to the bathroom. Leslie Jones said, is he cute? And she said, yeah. And she said, we'll see. <laughs> so when I came back out and sat down, she looked me up and down, and everyone's laughing. The whole audience is laughing, and she looks me up and down and goes like, "He's all right. I ain't getting lost in them blue eyes." <laughs> I love her. Wow, you, you had a night, man. It's funny though.
0: If you're if you're if you're that guy, um, what are you doing going to if like if you if you're going to be triggered? Like, what are you doing going to a comedy, I know. comedy store in Los we Angeles? We had the same right? exact thought. Like it'd be one thing to go to one in Butte, Montana or someplace. You know, exactly. Right? And so I immediately thought of you, of course, because of Mark Martin. Yeah. He's my hero. That's yeah. your guy. It's so, okay. Here's a, here's a funny thing I'm going to tell you guys. Um, I, I don't know if it's funny. You shouldn't you shouldn't lead with this is a funny thing. Yeah, don't thing. lead with that. Yeah. And I just mean like this is a nice thing. One of our listeners um, wrote to me through the Patreon and said, could I have your home address? I bought a gift for you at an antique store. And so I sent him the address and, uh, I'm going to thank him personally. So I'm, I'm not going to say his name and all that stuff now, but so I, I, he sends me this antique book written by a friend of Robert Ingersoll's reflecting on his friendship with Ingersoll. Wow. And, and, it's just so it's just a little book you can i'm 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 probably going to record myself reading it and have it be like a bonus episode or something like it's just it's just so delightful um there's so much old school wisdom in it in the way that he writes about like yeah, Ingersoll like he would even write about his flaws and you'd go like, but really is that a flaw you know, and it' just. It's just but it was just such a thoughtful gift to have, you know, I just imagine in his antique story, he sees this book. He's like, I know somebody, <laughs> I know somebody. <laughs> like, that's nice. And, I, and, and Marty read it. And Marty was just commenting on all the things that just touched her about it. And they said, you know, it's so weird. Like it's only been 10 years, but like, I never had a hero. There was never anybody that I said, that's my hero. Like that's somebody who's who's who I want to be. And, you know, it's kind of fun to have a hero. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, just, it was, it was just a really, it was, it was this moment where I was like, oh yeah, like this, this friend of ours, you know, out there in the podcast where I was like, oh, i this book, Bart will like this book. That's his hero. And it
2: was so true. And he's so right. Yeah. I couldn't imagine a better gift for you.
0: That's yeah, wonderful. No. It was so beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So,
0: Is it time Um, for our
2: recommendations?
0: Yeah, like let's. We're just sharing. We're sharing them with each other, and everybody can overhear. But like, yeah, what? Like the five categories I asked you guys. I was like, let's all talk for a minute. Best movie, best book, the TV show, person, favorite person of the year, favorite song of the year. So let's start with movie. Okay, Katie. Tar haven't seen it it's on everybody's list what is it about
1: it is about i don't want to give away too much because the thing about the movie that's so beautiful is it reveals itself to you so it's basically following the story of this renowned um conductor played by Kate blanchett and uh and just like what it's like to live in her world especially as some inciting incidents happen that kind of bring it crumbling down. Um, And it everything about it is excellent. The story we've seen the story a million times, but we've seen a man portray the story and having a woman portray the story, I think, illuminates different aspects of problematic behavior that I don't think we recognize when we see a man do it on screen. Um, because people, people, you know, they hate women, so they'll find it easier to, uh, see the flaws in a woman's behavior, I think. Um, and the sound design is incredible. The reference levels are incredible. It never talks down to anybody. And I'm also just floored that a man wrote and directed this very nuanced piece about a woman's experience.
2: Wow. Okay. Very good. Okay. I'm I'm in, I'm in. John? So this was a hard one for me because I watch a lot of movies and I really like movies. I'm going to pick the movie Nope by Jordan Peele. Uh, it's a rare thing in movies, a true original, uh, especially for a genre of movie that's such a category unto itself, um, a, U- a UFO sci-fi movie. Um, anyway, the idea behind it and the way it's implemented is something that I came away with thinking, oh, this is that rarest of all things, a completely original take on something that is also implemented in a a really great story. I find that a movie can be kind of judged on how much it stays with you after you watch it, and I thought about this one a lot um, after seeing it. So,
1: I've also heard that... The the techniques they use to shoot it are really innovative and cool.
2: Yeah. It's it's great for a movie buff because it's using some techniques and ideas that you may not have seen done that way before. Nice. Bart. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay.
0: So mine, it's funny, like yours is both on all the lists that I've been seeing. Like I'm like, I gotta see those movies. Like they're they're I know they're good. Mine, strangely enough, didn't make it on anybody's list. Um But it's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. Oh. And um, in it, uh, it, what it's about is it's about an older woman who's been widowed and she was in a kind of a loveless um, and very sexually unadventurous marriage her whole life. And the movie is set around her decision to hire a young male escort because she wants to actually have sex in a, Exciting way for once in her life, Mm. and the guy she hires is the most humane and lovely person in the world. And it's about the relationship that develops between them. And um, I'm trying to think of who the actress is that's that's in it. She's she's one of the famous ones. Um, uh, Oh gosh, she was in Love Actually. Actually, Um, speaking of which, oh, was um,
1: it um, Emma Thompson?
0: Yes. Okay, so Emma Thompson's in it. And in the last scene of the movie, Emma Thompson, who's got it, like, I I don't know how old she is. She's probably um, 60, maybe more. And um, But in this movie, anyway, she she does a scene of full frontal nudity where she's just standing in front of a mirror.
2: Mm, I think
0: I read about this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, It's not a sexual forefront nudity. It's about a woman of age looking at herself and looking at her body in a completely new way. Oh, cool. And it's just, it's just a beautiful movie about intimacy for people that it's hard to be intimate and about, about boundaries and respecting boundaries and, it 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 was transformative in terms of like oh the you know and again like if you reverse that movie you reverse the sexes of the people in it it would feel really exploitative and it probably shouldn't like it shows you like oh i'm okay with this if 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 it's this way but not if it's this way but the whole movie was really a movie about about the nature of of female sexuality and the nature of older person sexuality um things that you know, and, and every woman that I've talked to that's seen it was like wowed by it. every older woman. That yeah, sounds so. really cool. she's amazing. Yeah. So that's yeah. a movie I strongly would recommend. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh book. Book of the year. What's your what's your favorite book of the year?
1: Uh Hello Molly, Molly Shannon's memoir. I think as I've shared with you guys, it's been hard for me to read anything because my brain feels like Swiss cheese. And so I have been able to get myself to read celebrity memoirs and Molly Shannon's was, it was just really beautifully written and she shared some very vulnerable parts of her life. Like her, she was in a car wreck when she was a little kid and her mother and sister and cousin all died in it. And it was because her father was drinking under the influence of alcohol. And, um, and that really scarred her and like is, I think, a foundational reason why she is so funny, because I think people who are really deeply funny have a lot of um trauma, uh generally. And uh she also talked about like how she how she made it and all of that stuff, and it was it was very inspiring.
2: Nice. Mine is called The Echo Chamber by John Boyne. He's uh an Irish writer. Wait, wait, what else did that guy write? I've heard of that guy. Yeah, his big novel was called The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Um, this one is about a woman called Beverly Cleverly and her <laughs> and her family. And it's just a very funny um downward Trajectory of a really dysfunctional but wealthy and influential British family, Um, and the whole book is it's it's a farce, it's a satire about how volatile the modern world is. um, The the themes around like technology and cancel culture and privilege and 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 virtue signaling, and and it's really a story about the the sort of comedy and tragedy of the modern world and the messes that people can get themselves in using only their cell phone. It's kind, of, it's kind of a fun way to send up, um, all, all of the stuff that you read, all these culture war issues that you read about in the news, uh, in a really fun way. And, um, yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine's completely on, on, on a different path. Um, Mine was a book called Existential Physics um, written by a physicist, a particle physicist um, named, um, I always mispronounce her name, um, Sabine Hossenfelder, And uh, it really does, it takes up kind of, you know, life's biggest questions, you know, uh, does does the past still exist? um is there such a thing as free will um you know are, are there other universes uh you know th- those kinds of things and uh and she brings to bear on these questions not only a lot of physics stuff but like quantum physics which you know and, you know whenever i see anybody Pseudoscience go like yeah, it's quantum. You know, like like <laughs> people thought it, and so she's actually pretty good at 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 really helping you to understand the indeterminate nature of quantum causation. Yeah, and that's and that was helpful to me. Not that I understand, not that I could explain it to you, but it's like sometimes you just get just enough of a thing that like you can read, you can re, you can have a, a sense of what the n- next paragraph might mean, and uh, so. I found it to be, I have found it. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't read the last mm-hmm. chapter yet. I'm, I'm just finishing it up. But I have found it to be really helpful to me in terms of differentiating between things that are unscientific and things that are ascientific. Um, and and what she means by ascientific is there are things that like you can believe that if you want to. It's not provable. Like there's no evidence for it um but there's also no, no no you know like you can't prove against it right it's, it's more or less likely you know you know sort of like god um and <laughs> the idea is that like it's important to differentiate between something that's unscientific that actually violates the rules of science or that goes against the evidence that we have um or the the best understanding we have of how things work and something that's like yeah this isn't even in that same conversation this is this is out in a different part of the world, um, so anyway, I, it, it, yeah, it's 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 kind of been an interesting an interesting book for me, um, and I I, I wouldn't I, to say it's teaching me stuff would be to brag that I understand it. Right, right.
2: No, I know what you mean,
0: but it's just say it's like exposing me to a physicist's way of thinking, um, which is helpful to me. Um, it's just, if nothing else, it's, it's kind of building my humility. Like, oh, there are these other ways of thinking that I am completely unfamiliar with and and real people think this way. Right. Cool. Okay. So next category, um, and we probably should have done this after the movie category, sort of related TV show. What's the TV show that you'd be like,
2: Bart, see the show.
1: It's gotta be severance for me.
2: Well, you've you've just ruined mine, Katie, because uh, oh, I know, have the exact same one. But that okay. actually might save us some time. It could, if we both love it. You tell your version of it.
1: I mean, I it's a corporate horror thriller, basically, that also has like the perfect amount of levity, and I think it's the exact example of why you want comedians, executively producing stuff that is that deep and dense, because. EP'd by Ben Stiller, and he also directs a bunch of it. And I think he draws out the horror and the comedy in a perfect balance.
2: Me too. Um, It's I mean, it's classic sci-fi in that it explores an idea through imagining a new technology. And in this case, uh, it's the splitting of a person into two distinct people with no memory from their other selves. Uh, 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 Dan Erickson created it with Ben Stiller and it's a beautiful dystopian thing. It's shot beautifully.
1: The production design is yeah. nuts. Yeah,
2: and, and it ex- explores themes like theory of mind, uh, consciousness, memory, corporation, like evil corporations. It's well worth your time, especially if you love good sci-fi.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I saw it too, and I really, really liked it. I really, really did
2: like it. But um, it's not your favorite of the year. No, my favorite of the year, like,
0: is a show that there there was a whole series of these shows that Marty and I stumbled upon, and that, like one would lead to the other, and they were all very brief, but they were shows not unlike Schitt's Creek in the sense of like they introduced you to a group of people that were relating to each other, and you you just liked those people. You, and you just wanted to be part of their circle of friendship or you you liked the way that they loved each other or cared about each other. There's a show called Somebody Somewhere.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the Duplass Brothers show, isn't it?
0: The Dupl- Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the Duplass Brothers, like I, I've liked a lot of things that they've made, but sometimes they can be a little too smarmy. Um, but this show is, the, the, the central character is um, an overweight, un- like underemployed, um, too smart for her own good woman. And uh who's lonely and who's grieving. And she stumbles into a very strange circle of friends who really are quite beautiful. And they're they're just characters in it. they there are characters that have been character actors. Now that I've seen them, I see them in other things. And I go like, oh yeah, they're always, they're never playing a key role because they're too weird. But in this, in this movie, they're central because it's a show about. And it's and it's set like in a nowhere town in the Midwest, like a, a farming community. Like it's not urban. It's not even small town. It's really out there, um, rural. And uh, it, it touches nicely on alcoholism and some other stuff. It's just it's and you know there, there there's some gender stuff going on there, some inclusion stuff, but but like none of it is so forward. Like it's it's you you really do get a sense of like. It's just a show about people finding connection, and so yeah, you, you know me. The, the, it's all those shows I like. The, it's like the Ricky Gervais show, and like I like. There are all these little small towns that I want to live in, or you know, <laughs> or groups of friends that I want to be part right. of. And this is this is a really good example of it. This yeah. is one of them. Yeah. Okay, so your person of the year, your favorite person. And like, they could be a person in your regular life that you really got to know, or it could be a famous person that inspired you. I don't care. Just like, who's your favorite person of the year?
2: Katie, do you have an answer to this?
1: Oh yeah, Jack White.
0: No, you can't have Jack White. Yes, I
1: can! Why can't she
2: have Jack White? I got Katie,
0: it. he's the person of your every year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can I... <laughs> Like, it
0: doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah, it does mean something. It does mean something. (laughs) I said,
0: Robert Ingersoll is my favorite person of the year. Yeah, he's my favorite person every year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but okay. So, uh, specifically this year, though, I have like things that he did this year that I'm like, hell yeah, man. So,
2: okay, do it, do it, do it. No shame, do it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, he was on tour for a majority of this year. His tour started in April. And, um, On that tour, he brought he every three dates, he would have a new opener. And he does that in a way to like expose his audiences to new artists. I mean, that's what an opener is. But he also was interviewed talking about how hard it is for touring musicians in general. And then also, especially this year, um, just because touring is. A lot of the time, musicians are made like if they're at a certain level, they're maybe breaking even. So, him bringing people onto his tour was a way of helping them get their tours to be, um, to, to not just break even, but make them money and expose them to new audiences. Um, and he also this year has. Stepped outside of what he usually does and started kind of showing who he is on a political level because he's like, I think I have to start doing this. Um, Do you think
0: Taylor Swift inspired him? Did he see Miss Americana?
1: Maybe he, maybe she did because it did feel like, yeah. like a little bit Taylor Swifty, where he was. <laughs> <laughs> he called out like insurrectionists and shit and he he talked about like how gun laws need to change he called out Elon Musk whenever Elon Musk was like i'm going to reinstate trump and he like ripped Elon Musk a new asshole for that and um and he has just i i think he has a good set of morals and I think he treats people well and it's really nice to see a person at the level he is in the entertainment industry have some humility and treat people well and, um, make sure that the people coming up behind him, he's not pulling the ladder up, you know? Um, and I, he's a person that I want to be like, and I, and it's like, I mean, we all work in the entertainment industry in some capacity. It's not always that you're going to happen upon a person with that level of success who um, has the integrity that Jack White has.
2: That was a good answer.
0: That's a good answer. Yeah. All right. So I can see why he, 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 he leveled up a, He leveled up this year. So yes. y- you're, he's on a new level with you.
1: He also released two albums this year.
0: Two. Two. Oh, fair enough. Can you name me one Jack, if if I'm going to listen to one Jack White song, and you're going to be like, Bart, this is the song that's going to make you feel my love for Jack White. What's the one song I need to listen to? Okay,
1: let's see. Oh my gosh, this is.
0: Because, I mean, I swear, I could hear Jack, I could hear Jack White on the radio, and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know it was Jack White.
1: So, he has a few different projects. So, I'll do because he has the White Stripes, his solo stuff. He's also in the rock and Tours and a band called The Dead Weather. So I'm going to pick something from just the Jack White projects because that was my entry into becoming a fan of his. And okay. if I'm picking just that, I'd say my favorite album of his so far has been Blunderbuss, which uh, is a great album. That was his first album as a solo artist. And off of Blunderbuss... I think 16 saltines that's my favorite that that all
2: right all right right yeah. All right there's well, one. And, and I there's love one. a solid answer like that because I'll, I'll listen to that too. I'm gonna smuggle in Anderson Cooper as my person of the year and the reason is uh, the reason that it's a smuggle is it's really a podcast recommendation. He released a, a podcast this year called All there is with Anderson Cooper and it's a, a very unusually personal project. For a news anchor, processing the grief that he felt when when he lost his mother, who also had a very interesting life and and he's going through all her things and in her apartment, going through things and recounting experiences. He even recorded interactions with her in her last days. And I just thought it was a really great way to talk about grief and maybe kind of out of the box for Anderson Cooper and maybe even help prepare the rest of us for that experience, yeah, okay.
0: Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's so helpful. who is your yeah. person of the year? Okay, so mine's going to be a little weird um, because, and maybe it's a, a good humanized me person of the year. Mine is a woman named Cassidy Hutchinson. Does that name ring a bell with you guys? No. Cassidy Hutchinson was an aide to Donald Trump, um, a young aide who testified at the January 6th hearings. And she was really interesting to watch testify because her reason for being so upset by what happened on January 6th was because she believed so and believes so heartily in the core principles of the Trump administration. Wow. And, and she felt like Donald Trump had sold himself out and sullied his his own legacy and sullied his own principles by doing what he did. She thought he was the quintessential American, and then she was disillusioned by that part of him. But like, in a sense, and and, and so it was it was interesting to me watching her testify. Was is that she? I don't think she and I would agree on anything um, in terms of policy. But she was such a principled person. And I just, I guess I've just assumed that everyone that would work with that guy would be a viper in, in, in a pit of, in a snake pit. You know, like I, I just thought they were all mean, selfish, grasping, like he'll stab you in the back, she'll stab you in the back. Cause, that, that, you know, cause so many, you know, Giuliani, are, so you know, many so many of, them many of the were. people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, so many of them are indicted and this and that. And this was a person who was just a young, per, a young idealistic person who was drawn to the administration because she has really conservative politics, and uh, and she, but her but she's so principled that when she felt like the administration went off the rails, she testified honestly. Um, and I think that she. Makes it possible for me to see that there are really thoughtful and morally upright people that supported Donald Trump because they felt that he was advancing the best way to make this country a good place. And she's not stupid. Mm. I think she might be wrong, I think she's wrong headed, but she's not stupid. And 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 she and and she's not unprincipled, and so she was super helpful to me in regaining some perspective, and once again being sort of like, you know what, don't be so judge, judgmental. Don't think you know, don't, you know, don't don't dismiss people because they're not where you are. And so she made she really, you know, she she forced me to respect her.
2: I'll look up her uh, testimony.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty inspiring stuff. Yeah.
2: Um, well, that was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: So there's that.
1: I do want to flag. Uh-huh. I do got a bounce to a meeting in three minutes.
0: Okay. So just give us your song. Oh, wait. Did you give us your song?
1: No. And it's not Jack no. White. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your song of the year, Katie? Well,
1: this song was new to me this year from an artist who I discovered because she opened for Jack White. Her name is Ezra Furman. And uh, her song is called Suck the Blood from My Wound. I woke up bleeding in the crowd. I have listened to it, and listened to it, listened to it. It's like very evocative, lots of beautiful imagery in it, as well as just like guttural screaming, which I love. And rock and roll, baby. Woo! <laughs> rock and roll.
0: <laughs> Mine was a song from an artist that I have always loved and a song I, I knew 20 years ago, haven't really thought about since then. And it came across my band, my, 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 my consciousness again i listened to it and looked up the lyrics and for the first time i understood that it was a song about being in a great relationship and it's a song called um called uh this must be the place by the talking by talking heads it's a great song yeah And it's, 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 it's got a great auditory sound to it, but it's really a song about sort of waking up and going like, you know, you know the, 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 in the second verse, he, got, he says, you know, home is where I want to be, but I guess I'm already there. And then he's just basically talking about like, I'm in this relationship in which um, I'm with somebody. And the other image that stuck with me was, um, you've got a face with a view. Um, and the idea of somebody whose face is such that you can look at it over and over again. And if you're me, as this person ages and that face changes, like it's a changing view, but like you've been, you know, like there's this, the view out my window is always the same and yet it's always changing. And the view of a person that you love is always the same and yet it's always changing. And I love that idea of a a face with a view.
2: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Take us home, John, what's your song?
2: All right, I'll do it in 10 seconds. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. It's an old song by the one and only Elton John. (laughs) Ah, 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 ah. who just finished up his farewell tour of the same name. You can watch the whole thing on Disney Plus from Dodger Stadium. It was broadcast live in a global event all around the world.
0: My favorite Elton John song. Oh gosh, what's it called? Um, it starts with the line, "As an old man, I'm a young man because I ain't been old for long." And the reason it's my favorite Elton John song is because my son Roman wrote the lyrics.
1: Well, there you go. That's a pretty good that's reason. Not that's as good a reason yeah. as any.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, I like it's a shameless plug, but I'm just telling you, Elton John did some good things this year, and one of them was buying a song from my son.
1: Incredible. Well, I really have to run. Yeah. It was really wonderful. I to love talk you. With you. I love, love you. you I love you. I love you. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Katie's gone.
0: Okay. Katie's gone.
2: Uh, bye, and bye John Katie. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say,
0: bye, bye, Katie, but she's gone. Um, and there's other people that we love. And it's anyone who listens to this podcast and takes the time to engage, engage the ideas. And if you ever send an email, I love you that much more. If you support it by, pod, by Patreon, like a little bit more, um, you know, but just if you even bother to listen. I uh, just just love love being part of a process by which um, we get to kick around ideas with really good people 100% And here's to
2: 2023 yeah.
0: It's gonna be a good year. yeah, we've, we've already got some good we've already got some good stuff lined up. All right man I'll see you later. I'll talk to all of you later the next time in 2023 we see you on Week.
2: hear an exclusive extra episode every month please go to patreon.com slash humanize me you'll also get bart's monthly newsletter over there and get access to some great humanize me merch our supporters on patreon are the ones making this show happen for more information on bart go to bartcampolo.org also if you choose to listen to the podcast on spotify we have a listener poll that you can take part in every episode including this one so join us on spotify Humanize Me is produced by Katie Johnson Smith, me John Wright, and Bart Campolo. Oh